Well, next week I want you to test him. Test him on what I spoke on to make sure he's watching, you know, the YouTube. So test him next week. Do you believe God is in control of everything? God is in control of absolutely everything. Sometimes we wonder what's going on. What is going on in our world? You know, what's happening with this thing in Russia and the Ukraine? God, you're in control. There must be some reason for it, but what's happening? Man, we need to pray. We need to pray that God will show what's going on to all of us and all of those that are involved and pray there, pray about it. We have members of your congregation that need prayer. Did anybody need prayer? Want to speak up? And say, yeah? Any prayer requests that are going on? Because we're going to spend a minute in prayer before I start. You have family members? Friends? Illness? That's right. And so he needs, he needs help physically and, and mentally and, and he just he needs, uh, he needs a ball of just to fill the empty ones. <coughs> Don't want to be back like he was before. Yeah. And then he'll have surgery next Saturday. I think I read last, uh, last week Baker had taken his tooth under his hand trying to get through the Well, we want to certainly be in prayer. I have to tell you, my father was a Salvation Army officer. And he was a very dynamic preacher and musician and singer. And he had a stroke. Lost the use of the right side of his body. And you wonder, what? you know, God, he served you. You know, he served you all his life. Why would this happen? But you know what? My father's life touched more people after his stroke than he did while he was alive. God is in control. We don't know why he does things, but God is in control. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this congregation. We pray that uh, you would touch those in need. We thank you for your healing hand and what the doctors can do and medical knowledge that they have and we pray for those who are having surgery we pray specifically for phil that he would get better and be back with us soon father for those unspoken requests you know what they are you know the concerns you know the concerns about jobs and cars and things that were shared with me already today father we pray that your will would be done 
And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. In the children's message today, I was a little concerned because we're going to talk about Jesus being invited to a, a Pharisee's house. And I was thinking, oh, no. Well, you know, she took my message, but she didn't. It was another one. But we're going to talk about this. Now, I don't know, is the scripture going to be up on the screen? Okay, we're, I'm going to share the scripture with you today, but I'd like you to keep that scripture up because we're going to look at it because I'm going to preach God's word today. Okay? So here we go. We're in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Now, I'm going to read the story, and then we're going to talk about it. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, and that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Well, tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Well, Simon replied, why suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled? Well, you have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet her feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now we're going to talk about three people this morning. We're going to talk about the Pharisee. We're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to talk about this woman. Because there's more to the story, you need to understand the background and what's happening in this story. Now, we know the point of the story is that Jesus forgave this woman, right? Her sins were forgiven. She came to Jesus just like you and I. I ask you the question, when Jesus looks at you, when God looks at you with all the secrets and all the things you don't say, when God looks at you, is he pleased with what he sees? I want you to think about that today. Because you know what's going on in your life. You know all those things that happen in those secret places, and what you say and what you do. So think about that as we go through this. So we start with that first verse. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. Now, who were these Pharisees? Who were these guys? You know, Jesus had problems with these Pharisees. You know, these Pharisees were 
the elite, the religious elite, they weren't priests. They were religious, religious elites. They were the church. They were us. And the 613 laws stated in the Old Testament, it was their job to enforce them, to teach them. Now, it became a ritual. If you didn't do it the right way, you were wrong. We only have to do it a certain way. You can't work on Sundays. You can't do this. You can't do that. It became a set of rules and regulations. And these Pharisees were in charge of that, and Jesus wasn't doing it the right way. He was different. He wasn't teaching the right stuff. You know, even in the church today, there are rituals and rules and regulations that we follow. And if you don't do it the right way, if you don't baptize correctly, if you don't do communion correctly, you're wrong. You're doing it the wrong way. Friends, we can't get into that rut because we become the Pharisees. And somebody that does it differently than us, they're wrong. God looks at the attitude of the heart. Do you think he cares if you've been sprinkled or dunked? Okay? No. He looks at the attitude of the heart. And Jesus was having a problem with this. And so the Pharisees were together and say, we have to get rid of this guy. He's not doing it the right way. He's interrupting what we're thinking about. You know, we're trying to get rich doing this because what they would try to do is they would manipulate these laws to fit what they want. Honor your father and mother. Oh, my parents are getting old. I don't want to do that anymore. So what we'll do is we'll do what's called Corbin. That means I'll give them to the church. We'll let the church take care of them. So they would manipulate the rules. And here's Jesus talking about love and compassion and caring for other people. And don't judge people. It's a, a relationship with God, not a set of rules. You follow. So the Pharisees get together and say, we're going to trap this guy. We don't want him around. We want to get rid of him. So Simon is talking to his friends and saying, hey, watch this. We're going to get Jesus. Jesus, come to my house for dinner. Now, you know, when Simon said that, he never expected Jesus to accept the invitation. Because in that culture, there was the law of reciprocation. That meant, if I invite you to dinner, you have to invite me to your house to dinner. Well, Simon knew that, and they knew that Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. Remember that in Scripture? So he knew that Jesus wasn't going to respond. But what does Jesus do? Jesus says, okay, I'll come over. Whoa. What does that mean? So this, don't think for a moment that they invited Jesus to honor him at this meal. Don't think that that meal was intended to respect Jesus. That meal was intended to belittle him or embarrass him or shame him. But Jesus accepted. Do you think he knew what he was in for? No, he did. So let's go on in the scripture. So he went to the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. Now, you have to get this picture. The Pharisee had a house, and at the table, they didn't have a table and chairs like you and I have. Everybody laid down 
they reclined at the table. Now, the way they did it was they would lean on their left side and they would eat with their right hand. You had to do it that way. So we find Jesus in this house reclining at a table eating because I'm sure there were other Pharisees because remember, they're trying to set up Jesus. Okay, so you get the picture of what's happening. When a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she came and brought an alabaster jar and shared it with Jesus. A woman at a Pharisee's house? A woman who had a reputation? How did she get in? She wouldn't even been invited. She knew she had the reputation. What was going on? Well, you see, you have to look at the culture. This thing was all to set up Jesus, so they had those invited guests, and they were reclining at the table, but the rest of the room was open for other people to come into the house and watch and see what was going on. So there were other people standing around. So the neighborhood had access to the house. Now in comes this woman. Now she finds out that Jesus is going to be there, but something happened that drew her to Jesus. Something previously happened where she was going to forgo all of the disdain and all of the things that she was putting in front of her, you know, the shame. She wasn't, she didn't care. She came to Jesus. She came to Jesus. They must have looked at her. She was a woman. And she was a sinful woman. Now, what kind of sin do you think she committed? You're thinking prostitution, right? Doesn't say that in the scripture, does it? It says she was a woman who led a sinful life. We have to be careful what we think about people when we see them. But something she heard, something she heard outside of those walls, something she heard that Jesus shared touched her heart to the point where she had to get forgiven. She had to go to God, to Jesus, to be forgiven. What about you? How did you come to Jesus? You know, do you think that perhaps coming here week after week, that's enough? Do you think that Perhaps if I go through all the rituals of the church, if I do what's expected of me, if I follow all the rules, that God will be glad with that? No. When God looks at you, is he pleased with what he sees? Because it's about coming to Jesus, about coming to be made aware of the sin in your life. And you can't deal with that anymore, and you've got to get rid of it. And you don't care what it takes. You don't care who sees you. You don't care what they know about you. You have to come to God. I trust you've all experienced that and that your heart is right. Let's go on. Verse 39. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, now that's important, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, you would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. Man, she's a sinner. 
Jesus answered him. Jesus knew his thoughts. How surprised that must have been to Simon. Wow. So Jesus shares this story. Tell me, teacher. I mean, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he says. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed 50 or 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay, but both debts were forgiven. Who was forgiven more? Well, you know, as I read this, Jesus is talking about two people, okay? Not just the woman. And I think in Simon's mind, he's thinking that Jesus is talking about just the woman and how bad she was. And I think it goes right over his head that Jesus is talking to him too. And he's saying, Simon, you're a sinner too. There's two people that owed money. And she's aware of it. And you aren't aware of it, but you're a sinner. Now, who really had the biggest debt? Somebody that was aware of his sins and willing for forgiveness, but somebody else that was a sinner and didn't even think about it. Interesting thought. And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. Well, you've judged correctly, Jesus says. Now, I have to pause here and say what happens in that culture when somebody comes to your house. Now, I watched how you greet each other with hugs and handshakes, okay? When somebody comes to your house, Grandma, you know, what happens? You come to the door. You might shake their hand. You might give them a hug. You might even give them a kiss. But there are things that you do when friends and relatives come to your door. Right? If you're invited a guest, there's things that happen. You don't just yell, come on in. You go get them. Okay? Well, in the Jewish culture, one of three things would happen. When you came, when you were invited guest, you either had oil poured on your head, you either had water for your feet and they washed your feet, or you were greeted with a kiss. One of those three things happened. Now, picture what's happening here. There's a party. Jesus is supposed to be the guest of honor. Now, I would imagine it takes a little bit of time for these things to happen when you enter, so there might have been a line of people waiting to get in at this party. And as people come on, they would walk through the door, and they'd get their head anointed with oil, or they'd be greeted with a hug or greeted with a kiss, or their feet would be washed. Okay? Then the next one would come, and then the next one would come. But when it's Jesus' turn, what happens? They open a door, and they say, come on in. Oh, you think Jesus knew what he was in for? When that happened, any self-respecting Jew would have left. They would have been insulted, and they would have left. Now we see something interesting in Scripture. I've got to watch my time. Phil said I could speak as long as I want, but you guys go home at noon. Is that right? <laughs> anyway, i got to watch the time. But I don't have much more to go. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon. Now, why would Luke say something like that? Why would that be important? Because what Jesus is doing here, he's getting angry. And he's livid. And he is speaking to a woman, addressing his lips to a woman, but talking to the host of the party. 
That's an incredible insult in that culture, especially talking to this woman. So we need to understand that because what Jesus says here, he doesn't say it in this kind voice that we think of Jesus when we see him. You know, he's just all docile and cool and kind. I think he is angry. And he says, do you see this woman? I came to your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered does not stop kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. I imagine the countenance on Jesus. He shows anger. And he's talking to this woman and highly insulting the host of the party. And then I imagine his demeanor changed. And all of a sudden he has compassion. And he looks down at this woman and he says to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests at the party, who is this man who can forgive sins? And I imagine this time Jesus smiles and he says to the woman with faith has saved you. Go in peace. When God looks at you, is he pleased with what he sees? Or is there faith based on rituals and rules and doing it right and making sure other people do it right? When was the last time Jesus has touched your heart to the point where you had to go to him and say, God, forgive me. I'm so bad. God, forgive me. And as we think about those thoughts, as we think about Jesus for now, we take an internal look at ourselves because only you can answer that question. If there's someone here who needs to come before Jesus saying, I don't care who sees me. You can come to this place. Right now, as we bow our heads, and as we just take a moment of inner reflection and thought, if Jesus is speaking to you, and you are saying, oh, God, there's something in my life that I need to, I need to fix. There's something I'm doing and I shouldn't be doing. I'm drifting away from you and I need to come I need to come closer. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to forgive you. So as we just take a second in the quietness of this hour, God is speaking to you. Come and kneel. Step out in faith like that woman did. Pray that prayer. The one is coming.
if you feel the need to come, it's not because of what I said today. It's because of the reflection that you have as to what's going on in your life. I don't know about you, but I make mistakes every day. And I have to stop and say, Father, forgive me. If there's that need. Father, we pray for this one that has come. You know her heart. You know what's going on in her life. You know why she's here. We pray now that you would reach down to her and wrap your arms of love around her and hold her close. That she might feel your presence in a way that she's never felt it before. That she would leave this place lifted up, glorifying you with a new life, knowing that she doesn't have to look back on what's happened previously. Father, we would pray for all of us here that you don't remember our sins, that when you, when you remove them from us, they are removed completely as far as the east is from the west. Father, let us go from this place excited, willing to share your love with other people, inviting them to church, and coming to share. Father, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. I don't know what happens now. <laughs>